So here we go, this is my day 25, Camino on a treadmill. Uh, let's get my speed up to 4K. Okay. So it's uh, day 25 and uh, BK Lee, whose video I'm following is on day six. His hour two of day six. Okay, I'm gonna try and do maybe three of these today. It's Sunday afternoon, the 21st of um, March. Time is all a bit malleable at the moment. It's all gone a bit Salvador Dali on me. So, you know, the bendy watch, the bendy clocks from the Salvador Dali painting. That's, that's where we're at these days. So, uh, where was I? Where am I? Where am I going? Well, haven't even been out today. It's Sunday afternoon, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. And I was looking at <clears throat> both yesterday and today, I had great plans of getting up ridiculously early and doing a load of these. Didn't happen. Still, writing's going okay. Got some done yesterday. We'll do some today. I was talking to my sister about it today. I was saying talking about writing is much easier and more fun than writing. But when writing works, that's fun. Gotta try and do it every day, even when it's mediocre, which is, feels like it's like that a lot of days. But my experience is, let me move this mic again. My experience is, um, that uh, when I, oh yeah, sometimes you do, do stuff, you think it's mediocre, you look back on it and tweak it and then it's a little bit more than mediocre. It's hard to be objective about, about one's own stuff. So BK here is walking along a lane. It's really hard to describe these things, just a lane with tree, with growth on each side, kind of trees and shrubs and stuff and it's in the shade and a bit of sky above him, a little bit of sky all washed out. Nothing too exciting but nice and peaceful. The shade is usually appreciated on these things so because it's uh, well, nice and cool. I remember once doing um, in my running days he said as if I was here an Olympic runner or something. In my, there was a time in my life where I did couch to 5K. You know that thing where you start on the couch and you end up running 5K, <laughs> hence the name. And uh, I uh, did a fair bit of running and then I did this um, run in the dark in Dublin, running around the center of Dublin, around the River Liffey, two loops, two 5K loops. And it was a November night, and it was, there was a chill in the air, but it was dry, you know, dry with a chill, not frozen, but nice and chilly and dry. And everybody had these flashing armbands on, and it was beautiful, running around. And the center of Dublin there, around the Liffey, that whole area, it's completely flat, really. So, um, it was beautiful. But what was nice was the fact it was cold was good because, you know, you warm you warm up when you run and that is just lovely. I don't really miss running though. My knees, 
um, weren't really up to it. Now, what have I got lined up for you today, ladies and gentlefolk? Um, good question. I'll have some water here by myself sometime. So, what have I lined up? Gonna have to look at my notes, maybe. I was talking to my friend Erin in New York. She just moved into her new house, all very exciting. So I was chatting to her the other day and she, liked, she listened to a couple of these episodes. She liked them because she knows and likes me and she said, the re it's the real me that comes across, which is good. Take it or leave it. Um, so that's nice. But I came up with a couple of ideas when I was talking to her about things I could talk about and then I uh, had to kind of text her the next day to say, oh, what were those ideas again? Luckily, she's a better memory than me. So let's, um, let's have a look. Let me have a look. You see, I had decided that I was gonna do three of these today and have bullet points for each episode. Did I do that? Of course I didn't. That would be far too organized. Um, okay, well here's something. Latest binge-worthy show to drop on Netflix. Yeah, probably don't have that much to say about that, but they're just talking about it on the radio there on the weekend. I don't know, the whole kind of spiel, the whole thing we're meant to buy into is, oh yeah, we're on lockdown, we're miserable. We have to en entertain ourselves by just watching the latest binge-worthy show on Netflix. I'm like, come on. I mean, surely, it's just, I'm kind of with Martin Scorsese on this and I like a lot of the stuff on Netflix. It's really well done. And their execs are all over it, making like nice tight, taut storylines and all that, but. You know, the Irishman, now that was financed by them, but they obviously, that was a kind of prestige thing, Martin Scorsese's film, and they didn't um, interfere with it. Hold on, what's coming up here? Hold on, we're coming out of the shade. I thought there was a lake coming up, but it was just kind of washed out area. Uh, the light was all washed out. The sun is to BK's left and slightly in front, but sort of shaded by uh, plants or what do you call shrubs, trees? Well, I can't, they're just black. I'm just looking on a small screen, I don't really. We're overtaking some of them, we're overtaking. Let's go for this. Yeah, I'll go up here, let's go up to 4.2. So, uh, let's go to 4.4, let's go to 4.5. Let's go nuts here. Um, whatever was I talking about? Oh, it's just all these over-engineered shows, like basically, they're gonna have binge-worthy shows dropping, that's the word, dropping on Netflix every few weeks. And you can binge your life away. Your life can become binge-worthy. And then, then you die. You say, well, at least, what would, what would your epitaph be? Well, he was entertained. <laughs> God, come on. I said it before. Of course, I sound like an old man here, but the cinema, there was a time when you actually had cinema and, okay, you had Hollywood blockbusters, 
But then you also, then you had European cinema, some of which was difficult, you had Asian cinema, some of which was difficult, I mean, all sorts of stuff. Uh, then you had, Buen uh, Camino, you had American cinema in the 70s, that was, wow, probably the best decade ever, ever. Interesting indie films in the 90s. Sex, Lies and Videotape is the only one coming to mind. But would that even get made now? Or would it get co-opted by Netflix or something? BK has stopped to take a picture or... No, I think... Or checking GPS. I think he's checking GPS because he's holding it up high. We'd never know. So anyway, onward, Christian soldiers. Gotta stop saying that. Happy clappy atheists. I keep coming back to that. I had a thought about that today. <sighs> Can't remember what it was. I do have to research happy clappy atheists. Did I think about somebody who could be... Oh, oh yeah, okay. Here's a little segue. I'm all about the segues here, as regular listeners will know. Um... I'm getting too hot, by the way. I, sh I should not have started with this hoodie on. What, what was I thinking? I was just, that's just a technique I use, so now I can delay time by stripping off. And maybe, maybe some people are tantalized by that image. Maybe not. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to, there's a thing on my treadmill I was trying to realign, and I'm, now is not the time, it'll just cause noise on the mic. So where were we? Segway, I was going to Segway, wasn't I? From, oh yeah, Happy Clappy Atheist. So, this guy called Alan, Alan de Botton, well, something like that, Alan de Botton. I've never read him, but I've come across some of his quotes, and I heard him on the radio, and I was talking to, yeah, my friend Aaron about his quotes, and he talks about romantic love. And uh, how is this a segue? What am I segueing from? Hold on a sec. Oh yeah. So someone told me he's an atheist, I think. So maybe he's maybe he's a happy clappy atheist. I'll have to research that a bit more. I certainly like some of the stuff he's come up with, and he wrote a book on love. There was a quote I got from that the other day, and I was around it by Erin, talking to her about it. It's an interesting quote, though, but he's something about a... Well, the, the one that's in my head is this quote about the biggest tragedy is that people today, most many of us in the Western world, think that true happiness comes from romantic love. And... Will I try and dig up this quote? Apparently I will. Oh, I don't have it here. It was... It was something about... You know that line from Groucho Marx, I don't want to be a member of a club that would have me as a member. It's a bit like that. I can't find it here. Hold on now. Oh, yeah, okay. So he says... This is from quoting from On Love by Alan de Botton. This is my segue, because I decided he's a happy, clappy atheist. We fall in love, oh, 
I can't believe with the microphone and everything that's in the way. Okay. We fall in love because we long to escape from ourselves with someone as ideal as we are corrupt. But what if such a being were one day to turn around and love us back? We can only be shocked. How could, how could they be divine? Uh, uh, how could they be divine as we had hoped when they have the bad taste to approve of someone like us? That's interesting. I think, you know, I'd like to say we all love ourselves, but I, I, I think a huge number of people reserve their most contempt for themselves, even whether it's subliminal or not. Maybe I'm just projecting that onto the whole world. I mean, I'm actually a lot easier on myself these days than I used to be, but I still recognize that capacity to be hard on oneself. So then, if seeing someone who you as ascribe all this sort of romantic beauty or whatever to, if, you know, if you're using that as a way to kind of sort of heal what you see as the bad parts of yourself, yeah, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna end well. And uh, I think self-love definitely something we all got to work at. So, and I feel another segue coming on. Oh yeah, I was talking to Erin about that and saying, um, you know, in the past I probably went after unavailable women and ran away from available women. Pretty stupid strategy. I'd have an idea where that came from. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. It's interesting to observe though. But there is this idea that Hollywood movies can give us. And people think of this in terms of women watching romantic films, but I think, I mean, even in the action films, there's always a love interest with this perfect female. So I think men buy into it too. I think in Western culture, it's all about, you know, the one. Oh, Buen Camino, oh. just overtaken people and there's been a, there was a cut, an edit, a dissolve. What happens every time BK cuts out footage and dissolves to a new scene? I mean, there could be something to investigate there. I might look into that. You never know what's going on there. Okay, so more water, more water. I'll get the fan on as well. Um, where was I? I was talking about, oh yeah, so, you know, stop waiting for the princess or the prince in shining armor or the, what's the ugly thing that the woman kisses and he becomes a prince? I don't think, uh, I think it's come in for a lot of criticism in modern day, you know, feminist, feminist critiques. The ugly duckling, is it? No, frog, something. I have to admit, I have to admit, I kind of like that one, you know? I mean, I'm not, I'm not ugly, by the way, <clears throat> ladies. <laughs> um, but I'm, uh, I think I'm, uh, yeah, I think I'm an unrecognized prince, you know? And I just need 
the right perfect woman, the princess or whatever, to kiss me, and then I'll, she'll realize, oh, he's a prince. He, even better. I thought he was just a mediocre Irish filmmaker of sorts. Actually, I decided as of yesterday, I'm not a filmmaker anymore. That, those days are gone. I'm writing books, I'm never looking at any of those funding schemes for putting in TV or film ideas or whatever. I'm through with that. Feels like such a relief. So, Irish writer. I'm still an editor by, as my day job, a TV editor. That's okay. That's okay. I can hack that. But uh, creatively, from my expression, it's writing. And there's this Camino thing, I guess. It's sort of creative outlet. Could become a book down the road. I calculated out of 1.2 million words by the end of this. And I've got it. I'm making up transcripts, you know, automatic transcripts get made as I do it. So I might and finish my book. Oh, someone just overtook BK. Now, this is not good. I'll go up to 4.6. We gotta, we gotta, come on, BK, come on. We gotta overtake him. Oh, damn it, he's going too fast. He's going too fast. Um, where was I? Oh yeah, so the princess, waiting for the princess. I'll talk about this from a male point of view. I know lots of guys aren't there, not waiting for the princess, they're just watching football and drinking beer and being silent. And uh, yeah, maybe they already have the princess. And so good luck to them. Anyway, what I'm thinking is though, you know, most people will tell you, you should give up on the romantic ideal. Like say, if you're a guy, stop waiting for your princess. They kind of have that bit then in, Four weddings and a funeral where, where Hugh Grant settles for his friend, but then of course realizes no. The princess in the form of Andy McDowell, uh, yeah, she's the one, the one for him. I love that phrase, the one. Ah, peep show, if anyone has seen it. The Mark Corrigan character played by David Mitchell, not the, not the writer, the actor. Um, he's always saying that, oh, I think she's the one. <laughs> and it's usually like totally, well, pretty clear, totally not the one. I think she's the one. Oh, I love that show. I love the characters, especially, I've said it here before, Alan Johnson. Oh. He just cracks me up. Anyway. Back to, oh yeah, waiting for the princess. Here's the deal, here's what I was saying to Aaron. Like, yeah, I guess Notting Hill was about that. Not Notting Hill, four weddings. Look, all those films play on the fairy tale myth and people like it. Women love it. I think more guys than admit like it, I could be wrong. But as I said, they always sneak the romantic stuff into all that kind of fast testosterone films anyway, don't they? Oh, there's people walking behind BK. I see these long shadows. But they with him the whole time and they're just not talking. Oh, I hear some talking now. Um, oh yeah, here's the deal though. The princess. What if you say, okay, I'm gonna settle. 
I'm not marrying, I'm not waiting for the princess any longer. I'm gonna marry, you know, someone who's perfectly fine. Okay, fine. And you get married to someone perfectly fine and, you know, maybe you're even in love a little bit and really lots of respect and all that. But then, what happens if, just after you get married, the princess shows up? You know, like, okay, so you get married to the perfectly acceptable partner. Hey, male or female, I, I'm sticking with the kind of, what do they call it, heterogeneous, whatever, model. But could, could be either way. So I'm just talking about standard fairy tale guy marries perfectly acceptable woman. Does that happen in fairy tales? I don't know. It's usually, someone's either evil or perfect, right? So this isn't a great fairy tale. I might need some work. Anyway, he marries perfectly acceptable woman. And they're going on honeymoon. Oh, let's see what happens. The plane crashes. They survive and they swim to shore on some mysterious island in the middle of Bermuda Triangle or something. No, I don't know. In the middle of somewhere, kind of, it's exotic, it's lush. Palm trees and coconuts and everything. And so the guy is there, okay, well, at least we're alive and we're married and we're happy. And then he kind of says, oh, I gotta do some, my visit the gentleman's room. So he goes into the forest and as he walks into the forest, there's a kind of siren call calling him and the mist suddenly envelops him. And out of the mist appears this beautiful princess riding side saddle atop a unicorn. Uh, I was gonna try and do the music, but I, uh, lots of strings anyway, lots of strings. Uh, no minor chord, no minor key here, definitely not. Major key, strings, cowbells maybe? I don't know, I'll let the composer sort that out. The sun is in her eyes now, on the Camino. Sort of front and left which is where I would expect it to be. So I'm happy about that. Um, and uh, so anyway, the princess, side saddle on the unicorn. Is that kind of cruelty to animals? Uh, do you ever see people riding unicorns? Well, she is anyway for the moment. We can change that later. And she says, let's call the guy, I don't know, pick a name at random, James. She says, oh, James, it is I, your princess. I have been waiting in the mists of time for your appearance. Uh, for it was foretold in uh, the folklore of this mysterious island of which I am the princess, that you would, that uh, short Irish filmmaker, no, sorry, writer, would uh, appear here and he would be my prince. And here you are. And I'd be like, oh, this is awkward. I mean, the timing is so off. But then I hear my perfectly acceptable bride, I was gonna say fiance, bride, calling me. Ah, uh, James, James, come on, hurry up there. What are you, what are you doing in there? And I'd be like, uh, 
princess would say, oh, who is that? Oh, it'd just be totes orcs, as you say, totally awkward situation. So, like, I'm an honorable man, I'd like to think, I just have to say to her, hey, sorry, honey, you missed your, you missed your chance. Uh, I got hitched already, so, you know, no can do. I'd be kind of tough about it, you know, kind of Humphrey Bogart. I know I wasn't channeling well there, but I was attempting to. Um, so that's it, but it would be, I, I think I'd miss her for the rest of my life. I'm just thinking of, what was that beautiful film by, wasn't it a Hong Kong director in the mood for love? It was Asian anyway, wasn't it? Hong Kong? Um, oh, beautiful film, but it was all about unrequited love, but it was so beautifully done. Now that was so romantic. And if I remember right, without the Hollywood ending. That's more romantic. Personally, I think, don't worry, I'll come back to the princess. The most romantic, possibly the most romantic film, in my opinion, I've ever seen is Wings of Desire. One of my all-time favorite films, Vim Vendors. It's about an angel, male angel, who chooses mortality so that he can be, he falls in love with an earthbound woman. She's a trapeze artist, wears angel wings sometimes, so the imagery, you know, the angelic thing is kind of knocking around there. He, he becomes mortal so that he can marry her, or so that he can be with her. That is, yeah, okay, I'm a romantic, you know, but that's like much better than most of the um, Hollywood stuff. I quoted, I was talking a little bit about Mike, not Mike Newell, what's his name? The Four Weddings guy, about his films. Um, they don't always fully work for me. I think Four Weddings is well structured. And, no, I enjoy them. And Notting Hill, not so much, but there are some great scenes. I just love the scene with, isn't it Hugh Bonneville, I think, wasn't it him? Meets Julia Roberts. Oh, you're an actress. Oh, I used to tread the boards myself back in Cambridge. He's talking about the terrible pay the actors make and everything. And she tells him, he said, what's the last, what did you make for the last job you did? She said, like, 12 million or something. Um, had its moments. But, uh, and then love, actually, there's kind of lots of that I kind of hate. I've talked about this before, I know. But honestly, the, the stuff with Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson and the scene, that scene, where she has to, where she's upset and has to just go away to the, is it the bathroom for a minute to, to pull herself together. That acting is so beautiful. And that's how I, I am about films. I don't care if there's, if there's lots of the film I don't like. There's one beautiful scene. That's still a beautiful scene. So I, I tend not to be too binary in my criticisms of films. Um, now I've really got lost. Four weddings, princess. So I think if and when I get married to a perfectly acceptable 
human woman, not a not a kind of, I'm you know, not, I'm assuming the fairy tale character isn't arriving at this stage. I think I would still need a clause, and I think any reasonable woman or man or anyone would agree to this, and she could have the same clause. I think we both, every marriage should have this clause, you know, in the legal thing you sign in city hall or whatever. Um, I don't know how the church would feel about all this, but I think they'd be on board with this. Um, you know, if at the, actually they'd have to, of course, they'd have to bring it into the vows as well, which would make them longer. But do you take such and such to be your lawful wedded, whatever, until death do you part? And I do, I do, I do. Um, they'd have to have a clause. If, however, assuming, however, that a prince or a princess does not come along in the meantime, like you'd have to have that get out clause because. You know, he's just, wouldn't you? Oh. So, some Korean here, you want me to translate? Did I see a sign saying ETA there? I can't go back, you never know. I know I saw some on ETA, the Basque separatist group. So, BK is just saying, um, oh, which way are we going? I think it's this way. That's basically what he said. Okay, so. And, uh, let's get some more water here. So, yeah, I think a prince or a princess clause would make a lot of sense. You know, just in case. Then you could kind of relax and say, oh, look, I'm happily married to you. Um, you know, very good chance the princess will never come along. So, I'm just throwing that out there as an idea. I actually thought I'd get more out of this idea to talk about, but I've, I've run, I run out of word. As my Russian friend said once, I run out of word. What beautiful eye you have. Okay, so what, where to next? Uh, buen Camino, Buen Camino, Buen Camino. Buen camino, 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 buen camino. Okay, and we've dissolved. We've, so, oh, BK is sitting in the back of some cafe or something. Just finished his meal, I guess. And he's off. And we're off. And they're off. Hola, buen camino. Hola. Oh, I'm having a great time, he said. Yeah. <laughs> Someone yeah. said something to him. He just goes, yeah. yeah. Like me, I don't think he really heard him right. If you don't understand someone, when they say something, uh, you, you just go, yeah. But it can really catch you out. And I remember I was in a restaurant. There was an Indian restaurant in Galway. And there was a few of us, three Irish people, one American guy, and the guy explained the menu to us, but in a strong accent. And maybe the dishes had those Indian names, like Raj, or what do they call them? Sag, Josh, or whatever. Anyway, none of us understood. But the American guy goes, oh yeah, okay, great. So instead of saying to the waiter, the Indian waiter, what, what did he say? I said to the American guy, sorry, what was that? And the Indian waiter was still there. 
then the American guy's caught out because he didn't understand. He was just faking it. So he was, uh, I don't know. So be careful. That's all I'm saying. Now this um, BK's day six runs to four and a half hours. So I'm going to have to add half an hour somewhere. Or split the last two sessions into 45 minutes. That's probably what I'll do. 32, 490. Okay, we'll figure it out. We'll get there. We'll get you there. Okay. So, uh, run out of things to say. So let me have a look at my notes. When I started this, I had no notes, but was that a good thing? I don't know. Nature Spins, what worthy show to drop on Netflix. We covered that. I might come back to that. Released on their own recognizance. I just realized I've been hearing that word for years. Never quite knew what that was. I looked it up since, but I can't remember the precise definition. It just means an agreement with the court or something. That you'll come back, isn't it? I, maybe that means no bail. Never know. Waiting for the princess and the unicorn. Okay, we've done that. Oh yeah, I'm wondering. I gotta talk about Moscow sometime. Surely I'll get a whole episode. I spent a year there. Amazing time in my life. Um, happy clappy atheist. That's staying on the list forever until I find one. So I have this idea of if they found you know, they've medication to help with depression, anxiety, different things. But I wonder, maybe they'll come up with a pill someday. And it's just, if you take the, just the perfect dose of it, you'll be enlightened. I mean, okay, it's unlikely, but, because all the great teachers say, no, you have to, you know, suffer and prostrate yourself a million times in front of an altar or, Something really difficult, like something much harder than just doing the Camino for like your whole life, and then maybe you'll be enlightened. And, or maybe not, that's the catch, like. But modern science being what it is, they might come up with a drug that makes you enlightened, and they'd advertise it on CNN and whatnot. And probably more on CNN than Fox, to be honest because I think the Fox viewers would be, hey, I don't need none of this hokum. I'm plenty enlightened. Got my gun and my house and my family, you know. But yeah, CNN types would be, hey, you could be enlightened. So they'd have to call it, hold on, I came up. You know these drugs in America, they have like Lunesta and Ambien, they're like for sleeping, aren't they? And I heard one. Tremor something, it was called something for psoriasis, but it was like, oh, have it. Sounded like tremendous, and then they used the word tremendous in the ad. I'm like, really, do people fall for that? Probably. Um, so what's the one I came up with? Uh, Enlightened Trex. Oh, that's not very good. Enlightened Trex. That would be the drug. I'm sure they'd come up with a better name. Why not try Enlightened Trex? May cause, and then they'll have all the symptoms. You know, may cause fatal coronary something or other. Tell your doctor if you die. But you know, 
I'd uh, I'd be up for that. One pill a day makes me kind of all monastic and enlightened. Man, if everyone took it, that'd be a drag, though. Everyone would get competitive about their enlightenment. But then that's, you wouldn't be enlightened, would you, Buen Camino, if you were competitive. Apparently, that's not part of the deal. I was saying, though, to my friend Declan, I was saying, yeah, I reckon people think the Dalai Lama's perfect, but he's probably, like, jealous of the Pope or something, especially the new guy, Francis. He's like, why is that guy getting all the attention? Buen Camino. He needs a dose of enlightened tricks, or whatever they call it. I'm sure now, I missed a few days. I thought, I'm going to hit this treadmill. I'm going to just spout wisdom, comedy, entertainment, everything. Binge-worthy. I wonder, wonder could my podcast ever be considered binge-worthy? I should probably put that in one of the tags people searching for binge-worthy. One of the tags I put on it was slow TV and slow radio. That's the thing, apparently, because this ain't fast. So I've walked 2.8 kilometers. Oh, man. And I, God, I'm running out of things fast. Moscow. People talk about my life as if they own it. I think I covered that before. What is sanity? A religion of dishwashers and robot vacuum cleaners. I've done that before. Pseudocreme, Salve Regina. Uh, I've done it all. Blackbird. Kim Jong-un farting. I did a whole thing about farting. Fleabag. That's a great show. The Irishman, that's on my list too. Talked a little bit about that. I'm not in the mood for talking about Fleabag now, even though it's amazing. So, what's left? Um, oh my God, how many more minutes have I got left? Well, I could split this up. Now, let's see. I'm walking 38 minutes. We've still got... Oh no, the whole thing is 419, 420. I thought it was longer. Um, so, how long have I left? When I finish this section, I'll have two hours done and I'll have 2.20 left. I have, you know, I have to do the whole thing today because I'm so far behind. So, I'm really hoping I come up with some fascinating stuff to talk about. try and ground myself, I'll take myself back to the trail where BK is walking. It's one of those dusty kind of trails, which reminds me of my car chase story in America, actually. Maybe I should just tell that. I think I told the Russian one, sort of. Got took a taxi with a drunken taxi driver, chased by cops. Uh, Got out close to her. Luckily, they pulled him over close to our destination. Got out, frisked, gunpoint, all that, at gunpoint. Then we were let go, got a free taxi. God knows what happened that guy. I mean, he'd have to have paid a bribe at least. They were rough with him. Moscow police, you don't mess with them. Like, he broke through their checkpoint, so, yeah. 
the American one with an Irish guy in Georgia. He was, uh, uh, don't want to say too much, a couple of drinks have been taken. One would imagine he might have been allegedly over the limit. Anyway, speeding as usual. He used to drive fast to freak me out because he got his kicks that way. Some people apparently that get their kicks that way. And uh, next thing the cop car coming in the other direction. Next thing the cop car turns around, gives chase. And he's like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? I'm just sitting there thinking, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Then he suddenly just speeds up, tries to evade arrest, turns off the road, gets flying through a forest, turns the lights off. I mean, it was freaky. Anyone who grew up in Ireland or England might remember the Territorial Army ads. Hola, buen camino, buen camino, buen camino. Da, 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 da. Buen camino, da, 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 da. Buen camino, buen camino, buen camino. Hola, hola, buen camino. Lots of people just standing on the road. Okay. Lots of people ahead here. A little hill to the right little hill with something on top. It reminds me of Ben Bulbin and Sligo, but it's a lot smaller, but it's just the shape of it and the thing on top. Like Queen Maeve's tomb. Isn't that what's on top of the Ben Bulbin? Okay, people in the way. Let us pass. We're on our way to Los Arcos. After Los Arcos, leaving Los Arcos, that was the day, I'll have to double check this, that I met Julia from Roma. When Camino. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, so, where was I? My God, I was talking about something. I, oh, the car chase. Anyway, if you ever saw the Territorial Army ads, there's a scene where the they're flying through in a vehicle really fast, driving fast. They go off road through a forest, turn off the lights. It was basically that. And then he, Hola. Ay, perdón. Whatever that means. Come on, overtake, overtake. Come on, come on. You can do it. There we go, pole position. Okay, I'll stop that now. More people. We're overtaken. This is great. We are going like the clappers. Oh, I'm going up to 4.8. Come on. We can do this. All these people are stopping. PKs, just get out of my way. Oh my God. He can't overtake. He's blocked. They're blocking him in. Hold on. He's overtaken on the inside. See, I'd be like, beep beep. I'd be like, come on. Hey, dude, I'm behind you. Come on. I'm, move I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Quote from Drugstore Cowboy. Of course, Dustin Hoffman. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Okay, I'll stop that as well. When Camino. All these people were in green. They're part of some group, some cult or something. A sacrificial cult, I, I imagine, hazarding a guess. So we're there in the car, and then he goes flying 
down a road and he put it to a lake or something. Fun fact, in other words, it's not fun at all. There's no lakes, no natural lakes in Georgia. But the area we were in, I think it was Chattanooga Lake or something. So it's man-made. Anyway, I think he went, we came to a dead end. There was a lake, we couldn't go further. And then the driver says, oh, damn. He knew he was caught because it was a dust road and it's, it's, he tur turned down at speed and it threw up a load of dust. So my memory is, by the time the cops arrived, I mean, a few seconds later, like the, my memory is there was five cars. Oh, sorry, sorry. Hey, what are you going, dude? Hey, I'm walking here, I'm walking here. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's how I, next time I'm doing the Camino, I'm embodying Dustin Hoffman from Midnight Cowboy. Ratso, was that the character's name? I'm walking here. So, um, dead end. I think it was only two cars. Maybe it was one, no, it was two. They're like, of course, uh, my, the driver gets out of the car, so it's walking towards them. You're not meant to do that unless they tell you to. Um, I dare say, hey, we're overtaking everyone. I dare say if he was black, he may have been shot. That's, some people would say that's controversial. Others would say statistically quite likely. And uh, anyway, he was white. Whew, no problem. It's okay, he's white. So, but still they were like, get your hands in the air. But then all I can hear is, actually, he's got that gun away from me head. And of course, they're to me, sir, step out of the car with your hands in the air. Honestly, just like in the movies. So many things in America, for me, are just like in the movies. So you kind of feel, feel you've been there already, you know? You feel like, oh yeah, I know this world. That was my first time in America. I left it late and I end up in a car chase. Pretty cool, huh? Right? Right? Got the full movie experience, right? So, uh, this kind of clay to the right of the sort of fields, which is clay, different color to Ireland, you know, reddish clay. And that hill to the right, that reminds me of a miniature version of Ben Bulban. I'm sure it's nothing like it. There's something on top though. I wonder, is it a tomb, monument? Uh, you never know. So, anyway, I get out of the car, hands in the air, they frisk me, cuff me, search me, search the car for guns and drugs. There's a lot of meth labs around at the time, so. Anyway, then they uncuffed me and they said, uh, Sir, you're free to go. Your buddy is going to jail. These cops are big. In my mind, they were like 10 times my size. Wouldn't be that hard, says you. And uh, anyway, so, sir, you can take the car home. Your buddy's going to jail. I was like, yeah, okay. Oops, sorry, I hit the mic. I was sure, dude, I'll take it home. Forgetting, I'll tell you what we had had between us. We had a pitcher of beer. I do like those pitchers of beer. You don't see them in Ireland much. I just like the idea of it. I remember meeting a guy in Montreal 
Canadian filmmaker who had been in Ireland, Kester Dyer was his name. I didn't know him that well, but I was in Montreal, met up. We went up the hill to a Jewish district and had, there was some famous deli where they do corned beef sandwiches. I think we were in another one, but in that area. Corned beef sandwiches and a pitcher of beer. And a really nice guy he was too, had a great chat. And uh, that's a fond memory actually, just, and it was snowing outside and ah, it was lovely. Anyway, this isn't so much of a fond memory, but it's maybe slightly more entertaining. So I, I had, we'd had a pitcher of beer between us and maybe like one shot each of bourbon or two, I don't know. Look, easily over the limit. And I think the fact I got it, like the limit in Georgia at the time was one unit, or you know, two units or something. It was, I think the same as what it is in Ireland now. And uh, which is, yeah, it's pretty low. You can't really have it at zero because you can have a little bit of alcohol in your system from undigested, uh, fermented fruits and things. So. Um, Anyway, but I honestly, look, if I get into a car with someone who's drunk, I think I'm just as, or who's over the limit, I'm just as culpable. So I'm not, not gonna, you got me on that one, you know? I'm not gonna um, plead my case at all. Although, but legally, he was culpable, not me. So, so you can take the car home. And I was, I completely forgot I, we'd been drinking, which, Sounds funny under the circumstances, but I guess with the adrenaline rush and everything, I felt 100% sober. And then one of them said, well, maybe we should breathalyze him first. Oh yeah, so my uh, acquaintance, the driver, was, um, sorry, they breathalyzed him. It showed up, he was under the limit. And I was like, he claims I had this shocked look on my face. But I don't know. He talked a lot of BS, so who knows? In his head, that's how the story played out. Maybe I did, I don't know. And uh, which wasn't helpful to him. I was, my face apparently said, you can't be serious. He's under the limit. So they breathalyzed me. I was five times over the limit. Now, I'm smaller in stature than this guy, but you know, that wouldn't account for it. I'm not like five times as less his body mass. Come on, guys, I'm not that small. Come on, come on, guys. Cut it out, cut it out there. Come on, let's get serious here. Okay, so uh, you at the back of the class, get out. <laughs> so anyway, um, da, da, da. He, uh, so I'm five times the limit. Now I hadn't broken the law, so they drive me home in the back of a cop car. I mean, it's such a movie experience, you know, with the cage door, the cage between you and female cop. Um, she was kind of pretty, I think. I was kind of, I wasn't chatting her up. I wasn't bold enough to do that, but I was talking to her, just all friendly. And she was saying, oh, that happens all the time. People get scared and they, they uh, put the boot down. Anyway, he got off lightly in the end. Being white with some good connections. Doesn't hurt, shall we say. So, uh, yeah, he just spent a few hours in the, in the county jail, Troop County, Troop County Jail. Yeah, I love, all, I love being in America, though, and 
going to diners and tipping in dollars. And, you know, if you go to a bar and you tip the barmaid and then she buys you a drink. And, oh man, I love all that. I think it's just because I feel like I'm in a movie when Camino. So, on the way to Los Arcos here. Now, let's see. Uh, 4.19, 1.52. Yeah, okay, I've eight minutes left here. I'll, I'll see this one out. Maybe I should do a little more. Um, no. Will I do a little more? I think if I'm spent, there's a chance I mightn't even do like another two hours today, but I really need to. Oh, you know, I have to run some errands for my folks. I know, you know, if I do that and I come back, I'm not going back to this. Also, I'll have to shower after this before going out. And then I'm not going to do another two hours and then shower. I'm far too, uh, I could say lazy, but I'm far too smart for that. I'm not great at time management, but you know, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Okay. So we're coming into, oh no, is this Los Arcos? Hold on now. No, Los Arcos is the end of this whole walk, so I don't know where this is. I'm going to do some research after this walk to figure out is Los Arcos where, outside Los Arcos where I met Juan Camino. Come so hamnida. Where I met Julia from Roma. I really don't want to overhype that. It's 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 not a love story. I'm trying to make it sound like one, but it's not. It's a brief encounter, but not as good as the movie. I don't know if I've seen that. I think I saw a brief encounter when I was a child or something. That's real, David Lean, real British, where people say things like, terribly, terribly, I'm terribly, terribly sorry. That type of thing. Oh, BK turned around. Now, Mind you, the sun is in the right position. Uh, and there's an arrow, okay. Is that a Camino arrow or for something else? Anyway, this looks familiar. I say that sometimes on. It all looks familiar, really, so. Uh, it has to be that way, BK, straight it, to the left. It can't be right, can it? <laughs> I always say something I can immediately doubt myself. Or, sorry, no, it would be right, because the sun would then be behind. No, no. Ah, it's left. Yeah, it's left. Okay, he's checking his GPS. This is not a good advertisement for GPS. So where are we time-wise? Five minutes left. Chase story. Didn't get as much out of that as I would have hoped. Um, so, it was dramatic at the time. So, I've been in two car chases. 
I was, ne I was ne the dr driver in neither of them. PK is lost. Oh, he's going right. That is not right. Is it? No, because the sun is now behind him, which early in the day will be okay, but... No, 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 no! Mi amigo. And now he's turning around. Uh, hey, this is fun. Getting lost is part of the fun, right? I mean... Where is he going? Where are you going at all, Todd? As we say in Irish, when Camino, but the guys point him, oh, Camino, this way, the local, I think. I just saw a hand pointing. See, I was right. I'm like, I'm basically the Irish Bear Grylls or Bush Tucker Man. Used to be on TV when I was a kid, Bush Tucker Man. Guy out in the bush of Australia eating, you know, wild plants and stuff. He'd, he'd always know the way, so. I'm a bit like him in that sense. That, that's, that's where it ends. Um, see, I keep getting this pain at the top of my head when I do this. And I think it might be the headphones. Hmm. Interesting. Fascinating. So, of course, he's going the right way now. Some is... Well, to his left sort of coming around in front. If that makes sense. I mean, it's still... It's still got a few hours to go, so that looks right to me. The other way was definitely wrong. As I said, as I knew, you see? You see? Let's see how we're doing here. Two minutes, 20 seconds to go. We're gonna make it. So, uh... Yeah, what did I talk, let's recap. I talked about if you get married, have a clause in there that if your prince or princess or knight in shining, shining armor or whatever shows up, that you can get out of the marriage. I mean, if your husband or wife loved you, surely they'd want you to marry a mystical creature from fairy tale, wouldn't they? <laughs> Would I, if the roles were reversed? Well, I'd say, if the prince came and took my perfectly acceptable wife away. Oh, there goes a cyclist. Get a bell! Ding, ding! I should be mad about that. I wasn't thinking that. Uh, I'd be shouting at him. It's not so much one. It's when there's 20 of them flying down a hill, screaming at you to get out of the way. I'm like... Okay. Um, so I think I would say if the prince came, I'd say, okay, you can go. But I'd sort of say to the prince, you got any single sisters or anything? Surely that would be a reasonable enough request. I don't think it works like that, though. Anyway. Um, 59.04. Okay. So, just a minute left. Am I going to do a bit extra now? No, I'll save that for the next sessions. Oh, damn it, I'll do it. I should, but I just cannot think of anything to talk about. I know you're listening. You're saying, oh, please continue, James. Please continue. We can't, I can't live without you, your voice. What sort of accent is that? I don't know. An accent in search of a location. So, 
20 seconds to go. I'm definitely going to stop because I have nothing to say right now. Okay, buen camino. God bless. See you on the other side. And uh, just let that go to two hours. Okay. Over and out.